<coughs> this is a sheer. A sheer is on the Kutis Yichais Chelak Tesvav Shastulis Tulis Base Sichards on the Pasuk it says regarding to Yitzchak who faces a um, Rav, there's a famine. And Yitzchak wants to consider doing what his father Avram did, and that is go down to Egypt. So here the Rebbe begins a sicha on the words that it says, Hashem appeared to Avram, to Yitzchak, and he said, don't go down to Egypt, dwell in this land which I told you, the uh, land of Canaan, which he's in, later to become the land of Israel. Gur Baruch says, dwell in this land. The Medrash comments on the words, dwell, Gur Baruch says, in this land. Rav Hoshia said, Hashem was telling him, you are an oila, like a burnt offering, an oila to mima, a wholesome burnt offering, right? Because Yitzchak was offered up on the altar that Avram was going to bring him at the Akedah, he was going to sacrifice him. Last moment, Hashem said not to, but he still um, is called forever after. And Eila, that he was a sacrifice, like a burnt sacrifice, which was burnt in the board of the Beis Amikdash, just like an Eila, a carbon, a sacrifice of Eila, if it goes outside of the Kloim. Kloim means the hangings in the desert, where there was a Mishkan, there were hangings that constituted the inner sanctum, not the Kodesh HaKodoshim, but Kodesh, not the Holy of Holies, but Holy. Afterwards, in Yerushalayim, that becomes the Azora, becomes the uh, the uh, main sanctuary, so to speak, of the Beis Hamikdash. So just like in the Beis Hamikdash, when there is a carbon oil, a burnt offering, if it leaves its the the azara, it becomes apostle, invalidated. Similarly, if you Yitzchak, who has the classification of being like a carbon oil, if you leave to Chutz Laaretz, you would become apostle. So you can't go out of Israel. You're like a sacrifice. Rashi. In his commentary, doesn't comment on the words "live in this land," but he comments on the words "alterid mitzrayim" and "don't go down to Egypt." And he explains that Yitzchak was thinking to go down to Egypt, just like his father went down in the days of famine to Egypt. Hashem told him, "Don't go down to Egypt because you are like an oila to mima, like the carbon oila, and chutzala oretz outside Israel is not kedai lecha, is not appropriate for you." So the Ram, Rabbi Leo Mizrahi, learns that Rashi is really saying, same as the Medrash, that since Yitzchak is an Eila, and therefore he becomes what is called Kodesh Kodoshim, the kind of sacrifice that's holy of the holy. You see, there are some sacrifices, some korbanas that can be eaten afterwards in the entire city of Yerushalayim. But he is like the holy of holy sacrifices, and therefore... For him, what Hashem is telling him is that the whole Eretz Yisrael is for you, like the Azara is, like the, the sanctuary in the Beis HaMikdash is, for Holy of Holies, for Karbonis that have the status of Kodesh Kodoshim. And going to Chutzlar, going outside Israel, would be considered for you like going outside the Azara. And Kodesh Kodoshim, these kinds of Karbonis, don't go out of the Azara. If they go, they become invalidated, puzzled, they become forbidden forever. So basically, the Pirush of the Ram, Rebel Yom Mizrahi, is saying, the Rashi is basically saying the same in the Medrash. But when you look closely, says the Rabbi, you see that there's a difference between Rashi and the Medrash. And 
when you look at the differences in the in the words, you'll also see that there's a, a difference in the way they're understanding the content of this Indian. What are the differences? Aleph. According to the Medrash, Yitzchak's going out to Chutzlaretz becomes an invalidation. It's possible. If you go to Chutzlaretz, you're going to be possible. Just like a carbon oiler goes out of its appropriate place, out of the Azorah, it's invalidated. Rashi doesn't say invalidated. Rashi says Chutzlaretz is not appropriate for you. It's not Kedai. It's not worthy. You are of a higher caliber. It's not worthy for you. It's not appropriate for you to be in Chutzlaretz. It doesn't say possible. Number two, the Medrash, the, the way he expounds this concept on the words, Gur Baratz others live in this country. Rashi quotes the words, don't go down to Egypt. And on that he says his Pirush. These, both of these differences, which are hinged one on the other, um, so from both of these differences, which are hinged one on the other, we can understand, and I, I just hesitated here for a second because in footnote number five the Rebbe brings various other midrashim which corroborate what the Rebbe is saying is that this that these two concepts what are the two concepts we've mentioned that Rashi says doesn't say puzzle to leave and also Rashi goes on the words don't leave to Egypt the Medrash says Yitzchak would be puzzle if he left the Medrash also quotes the words and expounds on the words live in this land Right, so these two differences we find in other midrashim, we find validation that they're dependent one on the other. The one that brings the word puzzle about going out of Israel will base his pirush on the words "stay in the land of Israel." But still, for us, this is esoteric. What does this mean? So we understand, says the Rebbe, these two differences is a difference in contents, not just a pedantic play on words here. According to the Medrash, by Yitzchak going out, for the, the, the prohibition of going out to Chutzlaretz is because he has to be in Eretz Yisrael. Because Eretz Yisrael is such a great virtue that for, for Yitzchak, Eretz Yisrael is like being in the inner sanctum of the Beis HaMikdash. He's an oil and he has to be in the proper holy place. And therefore, if he goes out, he's going to be puzzled because he went out of Eretz Yisrael. We're emphasizing the holiness of Eretz Yisrael and Yitzchak needs to be in that holiness. If he goes out, oops. However, according to Rashi, when we're saying that Yitzchak shouldn't go out, it's not to do with the special virtue of Eretz Yisrael. Rashi learns that the instruction was, don't go to Mitzrayim. There's something negative about leaving, about Chutzlaretz, that that's inappropriate for Yitzchak to be there. Not Kedai for you to be there. And therefore, it's connected, not with the live here, but it's connected with don't go out to there. Something wrong about there that's not for you. The Medrash is talking about something great about here, that you need to be here, and if you go out, that's it. You're, you're like a fish out of water, so to speak. You're like a carbon out of its appropriate place. So we see a, a difference here, now that Rebbe's pointed out, between Rashi and the Medrash. Let's further develop this base. According to this, we could, maybe we could, it seems we could explain the reason between the difference of Rashi and Medrash. Medrash is seeming to say, live in this land, because it's got to do with the holiness of this land. Eretz Yisrael is holier than all the other lands, so therefore, going out of Israel is like a holy carbon oil going out of its holy place of the Azorah. And just like a holy carbon oil goes out of the Azorah, the cloin, the hangings, the Azorah, he's going to become invalidated. Yitzchak also, if he goes out of Israel, he becomes, he loses, he's out of his, his, his aura of holiness, where that's where he needs to be. However, Rashi, who's Alpshat, 
And in Pshad says the Rebbe here, this is a, 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 a the Rebbe backs this up in the Ha'oris, because the Rebbe spoke about this in, in various other places, but the Rebbe is laying down a foundation here, reminding us that in Pshutei the simple reading of the Torah, the way Rashi learns with a five-year-old, we don't find that Eretz Yisrael in the time of the forefathers, the time of the Ovis, when she st- it's still called Eretz Kenan, had a special holiness. And that's why Rashi says that not going out of Israel, not going out to Chutzlar, it's the main issue is not about living here in this country, which the Medrash is founding his drasha because this country is holy. No, according to Pshudah Shemika, there's not a special holiness yet in this country. But there is an unholiness in Chutzlarts. It's not Kedai to go to Chutzlarts. This we will address later. What is the unholiness in Chutzlarts? But right now, it's not about Kedusha Sa'aris. There's something negative about Chutzlarts, positive about itself, but it's not hinged on the holiness of itself, which we know now that itself is holy. It didn't start back then by the office, according to Rashi. However, that would be a, prop, a possible way to explain why the Medrash and Rashi are learning differently. However, we can't really say like this. Why? But first, the Rebbe asks another question. The concept that Yitzchak shouldn't go out of Eretz Yisrael, why, why does it raise any comment here? We already found it earlier. We had a whole saga and story when Avram sends Eliezer's servant to Chutzlaretz. And he says, I want you to go to my land, take a wife for my son Yitzchak, and Eliezer, and bring her back. And Eliezer asks, maybe the woman won't want to come back to this land. Shall I take your son back to the land where, where this girl is from? Where you are from originally? So Avram says, no, be careful. Don't bring my son back there. And we don't find that there should be anybody that explains. And that's because Yitzchak is like an oila and he can't go out. Why, why does it become an issue here? Why there? Is it clear? Avram, why does Avram say he can't go out? So we could explain according to Allah. Why didn't, there isn't it a question? Because there it's obvious. The din is, you're not allowed to go from Eretzel to Chutzlaretz unless to learn Torah, to get married. And even then, if you go to learn Torah to get married, you have to go back to Israel once that once you got married. But to go and live in Israel, you're not allowed to permanently move to Israel, to, to outside Israel, leave Israel for Chutzlaretz. You're not allowed to permanently do that unless there's such a famine that one dinar of chitim, of, of wheat, now costs two dinar. If things jump by 100% up, then it becomes unaffordable, and you have to move to Chutzlar, so, that's, so then you can be there. So therefore, like this, here's the difference. When in Pashat Chayisar, Yitzchak is going, the question is about, about Eliezer, what's Eliezer's question? If I find him a wife there, shall I take your son to get married there? That means he's going to stay there. He's not going to come back because the whole point is that Eliezer says, what happens if the woman doesn't want to come here? And if I take Yitzchak there, well, what's she going to change her mind? She doesn't want to come here. That means we're permanently relocating Yitzchak. So we understand why that wasn't a question, why Abraham didn't want to allow that. Because you're not allowed to leave Israel permanently. However, in our parsha, here we're talking about a famine. So therefore there, there's no comment. Everybody understands. It's clear. You're not allowed to leave Israel. We know that there's an issue to leave Israel. So, can't leave. Because if he goes to a wife that doesn't want to come to this country, he's going to get stuck there. However, in our parish, we're talking about a famine. In a famine, you're allowed to go out. You're allowed to go out and, li- and, and live in Chutzlaretz. We see that Avram did that, right? Um, and, and you go 
for an undetermined time, points out in the footnote, it's, you don't know how long this situation is going to remain a famine. You go, it's a one-way ticket. When things get better, you'll come back. But the going is undetermined for an undetermined amount of time. But there's no issue with that. We see have Roman out. So that's why Yitzchak was considering going out of Eretz Yisrael. And here becomes the question, why does Hashem tell Yitzchak not to go? So Hashem had to tell Yitzchak here, even though in the usual order of things, you do go out for a famine to Chutzlar, it's no issue. Ah, this time don't do it because you're a special case. You are an Eila Tamima. But you can't really, it's difficult to learn like that, says Rebbe Why? Because the Rambam, when he talks about the Allah of not leaving her soul, he says, even though you're allowed to go out for a famine, Midas Chasidus, to go to a, uh, within the letter of the law, you shouldn't leave Israel, even if there's a famine. We find that Machlin and Kilian, this is in the book of, of Rus, I'm not going to go into this story, but Machlin and Kilian were two Gidele, they were two leaders of the generation, but then they died early. But they, why did they leave Israel? The whole story of Ruth starts, the book of Ruth starts when they, they leave Israel. They left Israel because of a big trouble. Nonetheless, they died early because they were, since they were such great people, they should have still stayed in Eretz and not left. So if we are going to say that the law of going out to, to Chutzlarts, the law of the prohibition of leaving Israel to Chutzlarts, was also something that the forefathers did, because we know that the forefathers kept the Torah even though it wasn't given yet. Even ate matzah. They even did things things that were rabbinic. So then the chayda they should have also been careful not to do things that are within the letter of the law. Especially we find that the Rambam says that that that, that these two great people got died prematurely because of leaving Israel. So it's always a pretty heavy thing. So we'd assume that the obvious would also fulfill that. So we can't say therefore that. Um, that the reason it's not a question there, that the reason it's, um, um, the reason it's clear, the reason, in other words, so we can't say therefore that the reason Yitzchak needs to get a special instruction because he's an Eulah is because you're not allowed to leave, because usually you're allowed to leave Israel for a famine. No, but we're, we're saying now that you're, not allowed to leave Israel, really, even for a famine, if you're midas chasidus, if you're going within the letter of the law. So you don't have to come with a special instruction to Yitzchak about being an oiler. We understand. You're not supposed to leave Israel. But the bigger question is, as the Rebbe, we see that Avraham Avinu did leave Israel, and he went back to Choram, even after the covenant where Hashem promised him Israel, even when there wasn't a famine. So there's something telling us here. Now, what does he mean? The Rebbe quotes a Das Kenim, and this goes, I'll just give you, uh, and the Rebbe says um, uh, that it seems that Rashi also learns the same thing. Here, here's a little historical snippet, which um, you don't get necessarily when you read the, the flow of Parshas Lech Lecha. Later, when the Jews are released from Egypt, there's a Pesach in Bereshis that says that when did the redemption come from Egypt? At the end of 430 years. Now, from the birth of Yitzchak, was 400 years. The birth of Yitzchak was already the time that Avram had children, and then the what what what, um, what Avram had been told by the by the covenant is that there'll be 400 years living in a land that's not theirs. That started with the birth of Yitzchak. So we were in Egypt for 210 years, but there was 190 years before that. 
started with the birth of Yitzchak, the 400 years. Um, so what's the, the, but the Pasuk in Shemai says this at the end of 430 years. What's the 30 years? So Rashi there brings that the covenant was 30 years earlier. Now, if you go back, Yitzchak is born when Abraham is 100. Covenant is 30 years earlier. That means Yitzchak is 70. Now, the beginning of Parshas Lech Lecha is that Abraham was 75 and he left. Hashem told him, Lech Lecha, leave your land. But we have a whole story of Abraham being in the land of Canaan and having a covenant with Hashem that he's giving him the, the, the land of, of Eretz Yisrael when Abraham is 70. So really, although it's not written directly, but the Mepharshim explained the Askenim and Rashi, and this is built on a, a, a collection of Brises called Seder Eilam, which is the history of the world. It says that Avram was 70, and he had left Choram, his, his, his ancestral land, his father's place, had gone to Eretz Yisrael, and there Hashem had given him the promise, I'm giving you the land of Eretz Yisrael. He had gone back to Choram, probably to take care of his father, and then he got another instruction, leave the land of Choron, go to Canaan. And then already he didn't go back to, even though his father needed taken care of. Once Hashem says, leave, that's it. Then that, that was a direct instruction that now his service needs to be done in the land of Canaan, even though he's leaving his father behind. So, turns out that Avram has been told he's being given Israel when he's 70 years old, and then he leaves Israel. So, if Avram kept all the Torah, how can he leave Israel? So from this, it's imperative, says the Rebbe, that in the time of the forefathers, it wasn't Shaykh, this concept of the prohibition of leaving Eretz Yisrael to Chutz the prohibition wasn't relevant. And therefore, it wasn't appropriate that the forefathers should need to be careful about it. Even they kept the whole Torah. Because the, the concept of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, in reference to going out of Israel, didn't apply it. Um, as we understand also from what the Mechilta, the Medrash says, before Eretz Yisrael was chosen, all the lands were kosher, were appropriate for Hashem to speak in. Once Eretz Yisrael was chosen, then all the other lands left there, were, were taken out of being places appropriate for Hashem's, for Hashem's, um, for Hashem to speak to people in. We're saying something that's that's pretty groundbreaking. That according to Pshut Shulmirka, there's no issue of leaving Israel at the time of the Avos. It doesn't yet have its kedusha. So one second. So why doesn't Abraham Avinu want to? Um, why doesn't Abraham Avinu want to have his son leave? Ah, you know why Abraham Avinu doesn't want to have his his son leave? So we understand according to the Pshat from the words of Abraham himself that. Um, what does Abraham say? I don't want you to leave the land. I want him to stay um, in the land. Hashem promised me that to your children I'll give this land. Since this is the land that Hashem is giving Yitzchak, Hashem has promised Abraham he's going to give it to Yitzchak, it's inappropriate that Yitzchak, in order to get married, should go away from his, uh, from his, the place that's going to be his land and and go live somewhere else. Hashem said, I'm giving you this land. You stay here. You, this is the, the, the center of your life. You make sure to find a, a uh, to get married and leave the center of your life here in the land which Hashem has given you. That's why Abraham wants Yitzchak there. 
However, in our parsha, we're talking about a famine. There's no choice, not about where you're going to set up shop and live. Here's no choice. You have to go. So we would understand that there shouldn't be any issue from temporarily relocating to outside Eretz Yisrael. Unless, that's why Hashem comes and says, no, 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 you can't leave Yitzchak, because you're an Eilah, you're like a carbon Eilah. Otherwise, what we're saying is there wouldn't be an issue. Yes, Avram didn't want Yitzchak to make the center of his life somewhere outside of Eretz Yisrael. That's why he can't go there to get married. That's because of the promise that the land will be given to Yitzchak. But, that's, that's not a reason not to leave during a famine. Why Hashem comes down and says to Yitzchak not to leave during, but by the famine, it's not because you're not allowed to leave Israel. It's because Yitzchak in particular is not allowed to leave. For the purpose, the reason he's in Eilam, we'll see if there's no Kiddusha, why can't he leave? So now the question is, as the Rebbe now asks, if it's not, if Yitzchak is not um, um, different in terms of Kiddusha, <coughs> so why can't uh, Yitzchak leave? So we're going to explain this by first explaining another shina, another difference between the Lashon of Rashi and Lashon of Medrash. When we talk about the bris, the covenant that was done, it's called the covenant between the pieces. Hashem cut up um, pieces of uh, various uh, um, living things and um, and um, Uh, and, and walked between them. Anyway, the Brisbane Absalom is called. It says, on that day, Hashem made a covenant with Avram, say to your children, I have given this land. So the Medrash says that Hashem, when he says, his speech is deed. And therefore he says, I've given this land to your offspring. It doesn't say, I will give. It says, I've given. Well, Hashem says it's done. In other words, it's, it's theirs. It's already becomes Eretz Yisrael. Rashi, on those words where it says, to your children I've given, he says, the saying of Hashem is, ki'ilu, it says, if it was done. It doesn't say, it's done. It says, if it's done. It's subtle. But according to this, comes out a big difference. According to the Medrash, by this covenant, was already the act of giving by Hashem. And it became Avram's for him and for all the generations. Whole earth he saw. And that fits with what the Gemara and the Yerushalmi says, that when it says to your children, I have given, it's not a promise. It's, it's done. It's a done deal. It's ready by them. Even before they go into Israel. And uh, this we also say, La The Gemara says, Eretz Yisrael is yours. It's already a Yerusha from your forefathers. Um, however, according to Rashi, which says, Rashi didn't say it was given. Done. It says it's as if it's given. It means it's it doesn't yet belong to the Jewish people. However, that's enough. The fact that it's as if it's done, that's enough for the Pasik to say, I've given it. Um, it's as if it's done. An interesting thing that ever points out the footnote it relates to us every Shabbos. It says, Six days you shall. Do all your work. On the seventh day you rest. Can you, Medrash says, can you finish all your work in six days? We live many times over six days, thank God. No, so it's as if, you have to act on Shabbos as if all your work is finished. But the Lashon that the Torah uses is six days you shall do all your work. If it's as if, the Torah can already use the language 
you know, the definitive language. So Rashi, the, uh, uh, the fact that it says to your children, I've given this land, this fits still, this, this can, language can be used, and it still can be only, as Rashi interprets, Ki'ilu, it says, if it was given. We have to understand. Since according to the Medrash, already the land belongs to Israel. So why shouldn't we say that it also brings the Kedusha? Right? We find even more than that. The Medrash says elsewhere that from when, Eretz, when Hashem created the world, Eretz Yisrael was chosen. So why wouldn't we say that the whole, that the, that the holiness of the land starts from the time when Hashem made this covenant? And therefore, everything about Israel, about Eretz Yisrael, and holiness has to start applying that. Not the, not the, not the obligations to give um, the tithing and the truma and so on. That, that is hinged, Hashem said, that's hinged on when all the B'nai Yisrael come into Israel. But other things, for example, the fact you're not allowed to leave Israel. So why wouldn't it be, if the, if the Medrash is saying that, Israel, that Hashem already gave it, so why wouldn't it already be a holy land and therefore you're not allowed to leave Israel? And therefore, tell Yitzchak, don't leave Israel. What's it got to do with him being an oila? Right? It should apply to everybody. Because when Hashem comes to Yitzchak and says, you shouldn't leave Israel, we explain, Hashem was saying, you're an oila, you're a common oila. But if what we're saying now, according to the Medrash, when the Medrash says it was already given, why does it apply only to somebody who's Yitzchak, who's an oila? Why does it apply all over? So here the Rebbe says, Dalit, we can say the explanation of this. We've already explained several times there's a, a concept that the Rebbe teaches many times, the difference between the mitzvahs that the obvious were kind, that the forefathers kept before Mount Taylor, and the mitzvahs that we didn't fulfill after Mount Taylor, is because the mitzvah before Mount Taylor were in a way that we weren't instructed. It's called Eina Mitzvah, not instructed from Hashem, and yet doing it. So while doing a voluntary mitzvah is great, but the mitzvahs that are done without us without an instruction from Hashem don't have the power to change the essence, the mahus, the essence of the created being that was created through Hashem. Hashem created certain things that was spiritual worlds, and there's physical. Doing a mitzvah means you're injecting, injecting and changing the physical to become godly. Can't do that without having a direct instruction from Hashem, without having the power from Hashem, because Hashem created this thing as being material, physical. What happens once Hashem commands us is that, that the actual physical object becomes a mitzvah. Tefillin become holy. That couldn't be before Hashem gave the command at Mount Taylor. That has to be a, that's a godly power to inject materialism that's created by Hashem as being separate from holiness. To inject it with holiness, you need Hashem's special power. So what kind of mitzvahs were being done before Mount Taylor? It was the fact that the people, the gavra, there's a cheftzah, the, the object. The object wasn't changed. You need Hashem's power at Sinai to give you the instruction to, to allow you to affect that change. But the gavra, the person, was fulfilling the mitzvah. Right? That changed when Hashem gave us the mitzvah. The person is now able, with Hashem's power, instruct him to do, to change the actual object in which the mitzvah is being done. And the reason for that is, like the Medrash says, before Mount Taylor, there was a great divide. There was a gezera. There was a, a decree and a divide. The upper worlds can't come down to the lower worlds. The lower worlds can't ascend to the upper worlds. Physicality, spirituality were with, with, a, with, a, with a chasm between them, with a great divide between them. By Mount Taylor, Hashem said, I'm coming down to Har Sinai. And he came down and he elevated the world. And now there can be a joining of heaven and earth, joining of upper and lower. 
In other words, the Matantera instruction, the instruction Hashem gave at Matantera, created the, the concept, the gather, the actual reality, the, the, the actual potential reality that something should become an object of mitzvah. And it's by the same token, and avera, and sin. So the same way something can become holy, you do, God forbid, if something becomes, if something is, Hashem instructs, don't do this, then engaging in that becomes, that thing becomes essentially bad. But now the world is impacted by mitzvahs, and they, it changes the reality of the objects. The preparation for that is once Hashem comes down and gives those instructions, even before the person actuates that, it already becomes everything, all, the world has now become appropriate and muksha prepared to be able to be mitzvahized, mitzvahized, or God forbid the other, averized. Right? And through the fact that a person later actually fulfills the mitzvah in actuality with the physical, so that's when the Kedusha, the Elyonim, the higher worlds, becomes actually embedded and fixed in the object in the lower worlds. And it becomes actual an object of Kedusha. Now we can understand also about Eretz Yisrael. Even though the actual ownership of Eretz Yisrael, according to the Medrash, was done at that covenant, but the Kedusha, the actual holiness, that the land itself should be holy, it couldn't be fixed and, 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 and permanently affected in the object, so to speak, in the actual land. After Mantera, even before the Yidden actually moved into Eretz Yisrael and, and conquered it, but after Mantera, now Hashem has made a chidush that there is a possibility, there's a gather, there's a, 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 a potential and a possibility for this land to actually become holy land by the instruction that Hashem said that the Jews should conquer Eretz Yisrael now that land is appropriated and prepared that it's going to be holy. In itself, the actual essence of Eretz will be holy. Before Mount there was the big divide. Now this can become a reality. And when Yidin are going to, did conquer Eretz Yisrael, so that's when the holiness of Eretz Yisrael became attached to the essence, to the actual land. So according to, hey, so that's how we're explaining about the Medrash, that even though the Medrash says Hashem's word is a deed and the land was given, yet in all, nonetheless, it doesn't actually become a reality. The, the, the land itself doesn't become able to be holy until Hashem bridges the divide between upper and lower. So now says the Rebbe, according to, even, according to the way we explained this in the in the Rambam, in, in the Medrash about the holiness of the land, that will also be the way Rashi looks at about the ownership of the land. Since the 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 way and the gather of the giving of the land from Hashem to the Eden, it's not just like a regular procedure between somebody who gives and somebody who receives. Usually when you talk about a transaction, it's a change of ownership doesn't change the essence of what's being transferred. It's a transfer of land. And therefore, you can transfer it one way, and that can be uprooted. Somebody can conquer. You can go from one person to another. It's not like that with Hashem is giving us the land of Eretz Yisrael. 
Hashem, only Hashem can give the essence, the mahus of the land to the Jewish people. And which removes from it any possibility from it ever belonging to, other, to any other nation. Can't be conquered. Even if it's conquered or somebody takes it over, we're kicked out, it still is Eretz Yisrael, belongs to us essentially and existentially. So in other words, the ownership of Betzal is also given in a way that its essence is changed. The, the actual object, in other words, the land of, of Eretz Yisrael is through Hashem created, made to be Eretz Yisrael. And from then on, no other nation can ever become owners of that. It's, it's essentially bound up in the land. It's Eretz Yisrael. So in Mela, that could only be once the Eden went and actually uh, conquered it. Right? Like we said, Monterey creates an ability for the world to be holy, made holy, through the fact that you didn't do the thing. Similarly, Eretz Yisrael can only become um, holy once the Eden go and conquer it in actuality. And that's, that's when it becomes the fulfillment of what it says. Hashem created the land. He, with His will, He gave it to the other nations temporarily. And with His will, He gave it to us. Giving us the actual essence, etzem mahus, of Eretz Yisrael. Because he, the whole world is His. He created it. So He gives us. He can transfer the actual... Understand what's going on here. It's not a transfer of land, which can be transferred here, transferred there. You can... It actually is intrinsically bound up with the Bnei Yisrael. It's given in a way that it's essentially belongs to the Bnei Yisrael. So now we can understand, we can explain the difference between Rashi and Medish. The fact that an Oyla can't go out of the Azara, the Kloim, and if it goes out, it becomes possible. You know what? If you go to the Gemara, it has nothing to do with Kedusha. It does, the, 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 this prohibition is a prohibition that things are not allowed to go out of their mechitza, of their appropriate place. What is the law, the way it's taught in the Gemara in, um, in, in Cholin and in several places as the Rebbe says in the footnotes? If a, the, the law generally is like this, if an animal is pregnant and there's a fetus in the animal and it's shechted, so the mother becomes kosher, and then the child doesn't require, the, the child can be eaten based on the mother's shechita. It doesn't require a separate shechita. If, however, the fetus stuck out one of its limbs out of the womb, even if it pulled it back in, once it went out of that womb, you're not allowed to eat that limb. That limb becomes forbidden to be eaten. Why? Because the Torah says that meat, meat, which is in the field, having been, um, having been torn, shouldn't be eaten. Basically, that from that, the Gemara derives that meat that leaves its usual boundaries, its usual place of being, becomes forbidden. So that tells us that if a fetus sticks out its thing, it has nothing to do with Kedusha, the fetus sticks out its, its, its limb, now that limb can't be eaten. This also tells us that when something belongs in, that, um, uh, in other words, if something has its mechitza, for example, like the fetus, or bosar, the, the meat that belongs of holy of holies, its place is to be in the azada, or, or meat that is not holy of holies, but kachim kalim, the lighter form of holiness, which its place needs to be eaten only in Yerushalayim. Both of those meats, when they leave the place they need to be, they become forbidden. Or similarly, the, the bosar of Pesach, Kachim Pesach always has to be eaten 
only with the group that originally formed to bring the carbon Pesach. So it was family, family, group, group. You couldn't have the meat of the carbon Pesach being eaten in another group. There was a there were the mechitzes, there was the, the boundaries where that meat needed to be and it couldn't leave. So all of these halachas are learned from this concept. Right? So therefore, like this. According to the Medrash, when Hashem says, that's done. Eretz Yisrael belongs to the forefathers. Therefore, the moment that Hashem asked for Yitzchak to be offered up, and he becomes like a carbon where was he offered up? Here in Eretz Yisrael. That becomes his place. Right? That becomes like an Eila that's in the Azara. So for him, Chutz La'aretz is out of his Mechitza. It's out of the appropriate place that he's been instructed to be in. So it doesn't have to do yet with Kedusha. The Kedusha doesn't start yet. But Eretz Yisrael is a different, it is a land that's already, according to the Medrash, Hashem said he's giving it, he's given it, it's given. So now that's its place. Yitzchak was offered up there, that's your place. You can't leave your Mechitza. According to Rashi, Rashi says, no, the, the, the transaction wasn't yet done. Because you can only transfer that kind of, the kind of transferal of Eretz Yisrael that needs to be done requires the, the bridging of the gap of Mount Tere. So it didn't yet happen. So for him, it's not about Yitzchak needing to be in Eretz Yisrael because that's his place. The place is not yet so... According to the Medrash, right, the place of Eretz Yisrael is totally distinguished now. It's given over to the Jews. According to Rashi, that didn't happen yet. So why can't, according to Rashi, why can't Yitzchak leave? So Rashi doesn't say... Because it's uh, you're like an oila and you're going to be puzzled if you go out. No? Because he doesn't hold that Eretzol is the place for Yitzchak, like an oila. Because that place hasn't yet become totally given over to Bnei Yisrael. It's only going to happen in Mantera. Rashi says, of, uh, you can't, Chutzlar is not appropriate for you. What does that mean? Rashi explained the Parsha Yisara that when Abraham said, don't take my son back there, what is it based on? As we explained in, in the Sikha of the Kutisikhis of Chaisara, the second Sikh of Chaisara last week. It says, Avram told Eliezer, why don't I want you to take back my son to that land? Because he says, Hashem, who's the God of heaven, who took me out of my father's home. <coughs> and Avram explained to him, now he's the God of heaven and the God of earth. Because I've made people accustomed to talking about him. When I was taken, when Hashem took me out of the land of my father, he was just Hashem of the heaven, not Hashem of the earth. In other words, he wasn't, people down here weren't familiar with him, and they didn't talk about him in their earthly existence. So as the Rebbe explained on that, that's why, that was, that was Abraham's explanation to Eliezer, why I don't want you, why Chutz Lawrence and the place where I come from is not good to take my son to. Because there Hashem is only like Elikei Hashemayim, Hashem is only recognized as the God of heavens, not Elikei Hashemayim, not the God of earth. Because there they don't have any conception of Hashem. And as we explained that, the Rebbe says, Avram explained that even food down here on earth comes from Hashem. Don't say thank you to me, the host. Say thank you to the one who provides it. Really, Hashem. So, but that's, not, that's something I've achieved here, says Avram. Not there where I come from. So don't take my son there. Eretz Yisrael, there Hashem is also Likei Haaretz. Because Avram has done a lot of work in Eretz Yisrael. I've made Hashem's name, says Avram, familiar in the, in, in the mouth of people. However, it's not yet totally transformed. It's only I've made the people accustomed 
in their mouth to talk about Hashem. Their essence hasn't changed. Right? And Mishkin Shinem Rehus in the Brias in and therefore their their deeds and their behavior hasn't hasn't changed internally. They now have a familiarity. They talk about Hashem, but it's not like they're totally transformed. So please, I can't take a wife from here. Take a wife for Yitzchak from there, where the people are of a different caliber. They're from my family. So now we can understand that um, when we talk about the Maila of Yitzchak, who's an Eulah Tmima, is like a carbon oil. So even though it's not according to Pshut Shemikah that he has to be in Eretz Yisrael because of some great virtue of Eretz we said that Eretz still wasn't given over, that you needed Matan Torah for Eretz to transform. According to Pshut Shemikah, simple reading of the Pshut, there's, there's no prohibition to leave. However, the fact is that this is a play, Chutzlars is not appropriate because there, it's still a Likei even the name Hashem is not is not uh, is not talked about with familiarity in Chutzlar. So therefore, don't go there. So now we have a beautiful a beautiful wrap up here. The Medrash says on the words "live in this land." Hashem is telling Yitzchak, "You're an Eila. You can't. This land is where you have to be." Rashi says, "Don't go there." He says his pshatan, "Don't go there because Chutzlar is not good for you." Because now we see clearly, according to the Medrash, Eretz Yisrael is already given, it's transacted, it comes, Hashem says, it already belongs to Eretz Yisrael. And that creates a mechitza, even though there's still no kedusha, but it creates a place. And that place is where Yitzchak was a carbon. And we know there's a rule that when something has its place of holiness, it shouldn't leave the place of holiness. So be here, this is your place. Rashi is saying, no, the reason Hashem said don't leave Israel is because you're a person of holiness, and it's inappropriate to go to a place where they don't behave holiness. By the way, in the, in the, there's so many footnotes here, beautiful things. One of the things that points out here is Lahoy to point out, this is in, um, in the middle of footnote 68, to point out just that one of the reasons of not, there's a prohibition of leaving Eretz Yisrael after the Bnei Yisrael conquered and so on, one of the reasons of not leaving Eretz Yisrael is because of the God-fearingness there. And uh, we find also the Gemara Ksubis that when the Bnei Saul lived in Bovel, when they were there in exile, you were, you're not allowed to leave Bovel. Why couldn't you leave Bovel? Because there were, or, um, because there was Chochmah, um, Nira uh, I won't go into that prohibition, but the concept is that Bovel was a place of, like Rashi says there, yeshivas and Torah and so on, it was also a place of God-fearingness. So there was an instruction also not to leave Bovel, Babylon. At any rate, so the point being that now we understand why according to Rashi, Yitzchak couldn't leave because it's inappropriate. The holiness outside of Yitzchak, the, the holy behavior is not the same outside of Yitzchak. It's Yitzchak, that's the place where Abraham has created an aura and an atmosphere and so on. I mean, there, there is... There are huge amounts of, of Ha'aris footnotes here. Uh, beautiful discussion about, um, because I'm sure you'll have questions what, what uh, 
We, we know that Yaakov was scared to leave Egypt. We know that uh, we, it seems to be, as you read the Torah also, that there's, we see there's a specialty in Eretz Yisrael. So there's a lot of, a lot of reconciling and a lot of uh, back and forth about the, um, the specialty of Eretz Yisrael on the one hand during the time of the Aves. On the other hand, the way the Rebbe is explaining to us very clearly here that the concept of Eretz Yisrael, that Eretz Yisrael becomes Kodesh, becomes holy, yet from the time of the Aves is not the premise of Pshutish Yisrael. Yet, clearly, the, um, the atmosphere of Eretz Yisrael, because of what uh, Avram has created, is a holy atmosphere, and therefore, for Yitzchak particularly, who's an Eilat who's such a holy individual, who's brought up as, an, as a sacrifice, for Yitzchak, it's inappropriate to leave Eretz Yisrael, just like it was inappropriate that he should go out for the Shidduch. And exactly the reason Eli, um, Avram explained to Eliezer there, based on the way that Rebbe learned in the Rashi, here, people talk about Hashem as being a reality in earth. There, outside, no, they don't. So you shouldn't go there. Zayn. Um, we can explain this difference between the two opinions in the Pnimius. According to the Medrash and Halacha, the ownership of the Yidna of Yisrael was also started from the time of the forefathers. And that's why Yitzchak was not allowed to go outside of Yitzchak. He was an Eila. According to Rashi, there wasn't any ownership in actuality. That started when the Bnei Yisrael went into, when the Bnei Yisrael, when the Jewish people conquered and went into Yitzchak. So why can't you leave? Why can't Yitzchak go to Yitzchak? It's inappropriate. How does this play out? What does the Rebbe say like this? It's not the Medrash. Medrash is higher than Pshat. In other words, it's higher than the way things are in the simple, the simple thing. It's, it, it's got to do with the spirituality of things. There's the simplicity of things, which is what we see, the physicality, and then there's the spirituality of things. Medrash is higher than Pshat, so I'm saying it's higher than the simple. It's talking about the, more the spiritual, which, of course, also has its effect on the physical world. It's not esoteric and unrelated. The spiritual, the way it affects the physical. So in the spiritual side, the ownership of the Nesol by the Jews becomes through the speech of Hashem, which is a deed. And that already is relevant and creates the ownership of the Nesol on, on Eretz Yisrael. However, according to Rashi, you should make a simple reading. What you have to look at is the world of Pshat, the way things look on the surface, in the world of deed, in actuality, in this world. Therefore, the ownership of Yidin on Eretz Yisrael also needed to be effectuated in reality. The Jewish people come and conquer Eretz Yisrael. However, through what happens through this physical conquering of Eretz Yisrael, the essence, the mahus of Eretz Yisrael, of the land, becomes transformed. And what comes revealed is what Hashem does in Brisbane Absalom. What comes revealed is that Hashem is given over the actual essence of the land, that the land has become Eretz Yisrael and a holy land in a way that's forever, as explained before. Thank you.